Half past eight, it's the choice of Patukolo from Emonti, and that's Mariah Carey. Anytime you need a friend, anytime you need a friend, you just listen to the JSB because we are with you all the way until 10 o'clock. And then, of course, SAFM is with you onwards from there on as well. So usually at this time at half past eight, we go into our petrol head. But as you know, Nico is that, well, you don't know necessarily, but Nico is taking the weekend off. He's going on a little road trip, which sounds quite fabulous. So instead, we've got someone who is not only a mechanic, qualified diesel mechanic, she is also a field service technician and a truck doctor. What is a truck doctor? And what is the difference between a mechanic and a technician. Well, on the line, we've got Kanilwe, Carol Mukwirane. Uh, Kanilwe, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. How are you doing? Thanks Jeez. for having me. I'm just wondering, I've, apparently you're like this tiny petite thing who is like working on these huge trucks. This is according to uh, Nikara Petrolhead. What is the difference between a mechanic and a technician? Um, so I really, really like using this question because I, I feel like even the people that are in the road don't even understand if there's a difference. So yeah. we see each other as just, um, well, it's provocative now, but we are all grease monkeys. But what, what is the distinct <laughs> difference? So what is the difference? Um, the difference is nearly the, a, mechan- a mechanic just um, focuses on really handwork. He just looks at mechanics. What I would say is, the bigger the problem, the bigger the hammer kind of mentality. So it, it can be fixed to the hammer. We're going to hit it out or we're going to just fix it mechanically, purely uh, isolated from anything else. Where a technician is somebody who understands the complexity of systems. So they know that it works with both maybe electrical, hydraulics and mechanical concepts involved. So when you are fixing something as a technician, that's where you'd find them in like dealerships and whatnot. Because they understand that it's not purely mechanical. There's so many other things that could go wrong with, with whatever mechanical component, not just isolated to a mechanical problem. So that is just a watered-down version of what is the difference, but there's so much more. So, Kanilwe, like there is, um, we have a bunch of listeners on the show who are, in fact, truck drivers. They they do long-distance truck driving for various different companies. They listen to the show. We've got Freddie, the truck driver, who is um, uh, often uh, reports back on the show. And we've got a couple of others as well. So today, we're putting those questions. If you are a truck driver and you want to know more about um, how, you know, issues with your truck, but uh, much, much more as well, then Kanilwe is here to answer the question for you. And my question for you is... How on earth did you get involved in being a technician for diesel trucks? <laughs> so for me, it's actually a funny story. I like I like fixing stuff. So I really like the how of how things work. So um, if it doesn't work, I need to know why. How does it work? How does it function when it works, and why does it stop working? Yeah. So. I, it was, I was I was actually just a mechanic at first, and I really had nothing to do with electrical or wanted nothing to do with any of that. Until I, I, I qualified, so you qualify as a diesel mechanic, um, and then only once you're in application, you start picking up that 
there's a lot of technology influence in even in the trucking business. I mean, trucks now are they drive like like small vehicles. The technology that comes in it. Yeah. And that is why we we really can't separate the two. We can't function in isolation from the electrical um, with the mechanical. So I just basically love trucks. I love the sound of trucks. I love oh, exhaust brake. Have you heard a truck going down with an exhaust brake? When uh, tell us how it sounds. It's, I think the truck drivers would do it much better. Maybe even pull your brake exhaust while you're on the line if you can. It's a very excruciating growling sound that the truck oh, you, makes. You actually I do. You hear it as though it's almost as though they um, de-accelerating um, down from fourth to third to second or whatever the may be. And then you just hear this like grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
so a very advanced technology level of it, but I, I love I'm still an old soul. I feel like I really love my old trucks. Well, if you um, there's also a question: how many how many wheels does um do generally do trucks have? You get an eight by eight. You get a six by eight. Like I said, it depends on the application, the configuration. Yeah. But you really get um heavy, 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 heavy duty trucks with eight by eight axles, where they would have like three axles um and a front axle. So it really depends on the configuration. I think truck drivers will also tell you the variation depends on what you need the truck for. Uh, okay. Like things like heavy duty and mining. Um, as opposed to just road efficiency or distribution. So it depends on your application of the truck, but they come in in very variations. You also get teeny, really smaller, um, like six-ton trucks. Well, they're not really teeny, but they get really smaller. I don't know if we still call them big vans or are they, are they really small trucks, but we, they are considered um, heavy-duty or light-duty commercial vehicles. We're chatting to Kanilwe Carol Mukhwarani. She is a specialist technical trainer and technician when it comes to trucks. And she works with Daimler trucks. She works with diversity of trucks as well. We also sent a message to Freddie, the truck driver, and he says he's on leave at the moment in Limpopo with bad network. We'll see if we can get him on the line because I'm sure he has plenty of responses as well. Don't forget, if you would like to ask Carol some questions, maybe it is just about a car, but actually, says that's like playing with a dinky toy and uh, you are welcome to send those questions in you're welcome to do so on whatsapp you can send it as a voice note or a message on 0614104107 or you can sms us on 41391 you can also go the old-fashioned route and call us on 086-000-2032 everyone talks about value and then there's APSA Value. We give you room to breathe with up to 57 days interest-free on qualifying credit card purchases. Value-added benefits like up to 30% real cash back, depending on your tier, and not paying a cent for your rewards. It's all this and more. Join the bank that does more and elevate to amazing value. Apply for an APSA credit card or package today. Learn more at apsa.ca.za. APSA is an authorized FSP and a registered credit provider. T's and T's apply. <laughs> We're chatting to Kanilwe Karol Mukhwarani about um, how we look at trucks. Special, she's a specialist in technical training with Daimler Trucks. And uh, if you've got any questions, you're welcome to send them through. Standing in for Nico, our petrolhead. And a fascinating conversation. We've had a question from Marcus um, uh, Kanilwe saying, what is the difference between an automatic truck versus an automated truck? Yes. So, um, and an automated truck. So, what will happen is that the distinct difference will always happen. The only people who will know the difference are people that um, actually care about mechanical. <laughs> because when you walk into your truck, you're going to find only two pedals on each each of the, the same vehicle. So, it's going to be, whether it's automated or it's an automatic vehicle, it will not have a physical clutch pedal um, in the in the cab. However, the difference is that the automated, so automated is something that you just imagine a little Oompa Loompa changing your gears for you. So it's still the traditional manual gearbox. You just don't have the stock uh, for you to manually change the gears, but the technology is doing that for you. So it still has a clutch. 
It still has gears inside. It's still a traditional manual box, but it's automated. So there's something that is actually changing the gears for you. As opposed to an automatic gearbox that is purely um, electrical. So it works on hydraulic principles and electrical concepts to actually change. It's not physical gears, so it's going to be working on either fluid pressures or solenoids or whatnot um, to get that gear ratio change and speed variations out of the box. So, so um, and then there's, for my clarity, so you've got manual, which is what we have in a car where you, you change the gears yourself directly. A. Mm-hmm. Then you have automatic in the normal car, which is when you don't have to change the gears. Is that the same as in a truck? It's, it's exactly the same thing, but an automated still looks like an automatic. We, we, only, have, we only see two differences in the front. So you will either look for a, a gear stock or if you don't see a gear stock, it's automated. But the automatic portion splits into two branches where it's automated and fully automatic. Okay. And then once you get to the automated, as you say, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to move your feet. You don't, you just steer, basically. You just steer and then the, the, the magical mechanical stuff changes the gears for you. Which is the Oompa but Loompas. Oompa Loompas, man. Why would you drive around with nothing, anything else? Oompa Loompas look like cool people to drive around with. So they would be changing your gears, but it's still an automatic, automated gearbox. It's a manual box. With just orange people changing your gears for you. <laughs> so for anybody, like if anybody wants to know what an Oompa Loompa is, well, <laughs> an Oompa Loompa are those little people that are in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory who make the factory work, but they're the size of someone's thumb or whatever. They're a small little person <laughs> and they're running around making the, 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 the truck drive and work. Um, what do you think? Which one of these three would be, do we see most on the road at the moment? The automatic, the automated, or the, the manual? Um, I think at the moment we have a lot of automatic gearboxes. Automated, in the trucking business, automate, automated works a bit better um, because it still has that high torque with the clutch and the smooth running. But automatic just feels, I don't know, for me personally, driving an automatic vehicle feels like I'm not in control of my vehicle. Like I, I just want some sort of Mm. Is the steering the only thing that I can control? Why, why can't I just control anything else? Yeah. But we, we, I think there's a, like I said, the only people who would know the difference between an automated and, or people who care enough what, what's sitting under the bonnet when there's no knob um, yeah. are people that actually care about vehicles. Some, as soon as they see a vehicle that they don't have to change gears, it's great. I don't care who's doing it for me yeah. or how it's being done. So I uh, I think it's, it's just a, 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 a petrol head kind of thing. The person who, especially drivers, I think drivers um, prefer prefer automated as opposed to automatic. I could be wrong, but from my experience, I've heard drivers that would actually prefer automated gearboxes as opposed to automated. Okay, I've got a question for you from someone who says he's Roy the Priest. He says, I'm Roy the Priest loading in Vesselbron for the DRC. Wow, for the Democratic Republic. That's a long drive. And I've got um, a question for Kanilwe. Um, he says, my Hino, H-I-N-O, I don't know what that is, 700, shows an engine light when I'm driving. And then after a few minutes, it goes into limp mode. Limp mode. Limp mode, yeah. And loses acceleration. No idea. You'll have to answer that for sure. 
Okay, so I'm um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell I usually tell the guys to say when you give a diagnosis, um, it's like calling your doctor and you say, Doctor, my throat is full. It could be anything. After my throat is so I start coughing. The people expect mechanics to basically just tell you, give you a full diagnosis of what is wrong with you and how we can fix it then and there. And as a truck doctor, I also need to do some pre-checks. You need, sometimes you, you need to come in for me to check you and see the conditions and the symptoms that this truck has for me to give you a proper diagnosis of what is wrong with the vehicle. But I can give you a sort of like a, a, an umbrella view of sure. what I think could be the problem. So a Highness 700 is fairly a uh, heavy um, commercial truck. And an engine light. So an engine light is basically fatigue. Your, your engine light is the usually on not so complex systems. An engine light is the first sign to say something is wrong with the vehicle. So, and when it goes on limp mode, um, because vehicles are now technology smart and they actually work together so much, when there's a problem on one system, to protect the rest of the vehicle, the vehicle actually slows down. It goes into limp mode. It cuts off power. It cuts you off from overriding that problem. Because um, my experience as a field technician, field service, is that drivers just want to get to the next destination. So yeah. even if he sees the engine light is on, he will try to still force the truck to get to, at least get to wherever he needs to deliver. And then he'll call a, a, a standby technician when he's there, at least offloading. Yeah. But the damage that the, that that fault is going to cause, he doesn't even think of that. He just thinks of maybe it's just the light; it's gonna go away as long as I'm still moving. So our vehicles now, our trucks now are moving into an era where to protect the rest of the vehicle, you need to. I'm gonna shut down. So it's like saying, nope, I'm not doing this with you. It's too dangerous for us. Yeah. Sometimes it's safety critical. Sometimes yeah. it's safety critical to say there's something that is wrong with the vehicle now. Maybe it's a fuel pipe or maybe it's an air leak of some sort, and the vehicle is now pre-calculating to say, it's really not safe to be operating this vehicle at high speed. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep you in the naughty corner. You're going to drive for 20 kilometers. That's where you, you are safe to drive. And if you want to push it, and I'm sure that the driver is going to get frustrated to be in a naughty corner and drive only for 20 k's. Nobody wants to do that. So he's forced to stop and allow the technician to come through and diagnose this vehicle instead of causing more damage. So, to, so to you're actually suggesting to Roy the priest that um, he really needs to get a technician in, especially if the car's going into limp mode. Yeah, limp mode is basically saying it's not safe to continue moving in these conditions. Let's, we need to stop now. And knowing truck drivers, I'm sure he's really, really trying to get this vehicle off limp mode without yeah. having to fix the problem. <laughs> okay, we've got a couple of other questions for you, Kenilwe. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we'll play them for you. The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. That's Zelma. Only Zelma, our desk uh, lady, our technician, the woman who drives the decks, so to speak, can uh, give us that kind of info, <laughs> that audio info. Kaniwa Carol Mukhrane is a specialist in technical training when it comes to trucks, and she's standing in for Petrolhead today. I have to say, fascinating conversation, limp mode. I'd never heard of that in my life. Kaniwa, we've got this question for you. Hmm? Yes, I'm here. Morning, 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 guys. 
uh, we are speaking to Sipo here. Uh, I just want to find out about the, the Volvo 440s. Mm-hmm. That uh, I think it's uh, they said it's foreseen when you are going like uh, uphill or downhill. That button that you press the the consumption. If you press that button, does it save fuel or does it use most fuel? Thank you, Cyprian and Hamsberg, man. Thank you. So does um that does it save fuel or use fuel? In specific, the Volvo 440. He said something about a button. I didn't hear that. He said when he presses what button does it save fuel or something about a button on the Volvo 440. Um, we can try and play it again and just see if we can um, get uh, the exact details. Let's play that that voiceover again. Morning, 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 guys. Uh, we are speaking to Sipo here. Uh, I just want to find out about the the Volvo 440s. That uh, I think it's they said it's foreseen when you are going like uh, uphill or downhill. That button that you press, the the consumption. If you press that button, does it save fuel or does it use most fuel? Thank you, Sipe and Hamsberg, man. Thank you. Okay, so if it's going uphill or downhill, and then apparently there's a button you press. Do you have any idea what that could be? I might not be speaking directly for a Volvo, but he might be talking about a hill assist. So some trucks would have a, a button you press on when you're doing a, it's called a hill assist um, option. So it's like a, some sort of driving style of some sort. So it's um it's an actually an innovative uh, function that they put on the gearboxes. So most automotive um, companies would put that function on the gearbox. So depending on the driving style. Of, of the vehicle, it actually pre-calculates how much fuel you need. So as opposed uh. to a traditional vehicle where if you press the accelerator, um, it just it just opens up a throttle where fuel is just scalping on fuel. Now you have technology infused in these content. So your gearbox, your engine, pre-calculates exactly how much you need to... So your, your vehicle already knows the inclination or the angle at which you're going up here. And your vehicle actually pre-calculates. It does the, the calculations to say, with this angle, to overcome all of this um, uh, gradient, you need X amount of power, which is going to need X amount of fuel. Instead of over-fueling or under-fueling or just throwing around fuel at you until you get through the hill, it actually has technologies that pre-calculate precisely how much you're going to need so let's, to overcome that. Let's be truthful so that when you're driving the truck, you can't just take a quick deviation to go and visit Isokalami. You've got to like only drive uh, where the petrol amount allows, basically. Yeah, so your vehicle actually pre-calculates for you how much fuel you're going to need to overcome a certain angle or gradient of a steep, as opposed to you just winning it and staying up on your pedal until your vehicle just pushes through and pushes. You've seen trucks on, on up here where you can see those guys just winging it. He just wants this thing to keep going with a load and a trailer and all of that. So those are nice functions. I understand Volvo is great with technology. They they are way up there. So it probably could be a button that does... Because cause it's not a function that you want always yeah. to be engaged. So 
at that special function, you say, I want the same boost power, but also consider the amount of fuel consumption that goes into it. So it just gives you a kick and then um, also works on your fuel consumption. Basically, on trucks, you used to gulp a lot of fuel now. So we have technologies that monitor that it doesn't just sit there and gulp and gulp. Okay, Kanoe, we've got another question for you. Let's go through this. This is Peter, the truck driver. You know, like um, I'm driving a new man, uh, M-A-N. But uh, this truck is modernized. This truck is very good. This truck, you can set, uh, you can cruise set the um, distance of the next uh, vehicle in front of you and then you can leave the steering you can set the side so that it doesn't go to any side it will go straight it will drive inside the lane and then if the road curve for three times and then you have to come back to the steering and then reset it again you can drive you can drive on its own so it is very good I don't, uh, uh, it's, it's not only men, I heard that also Scania is like that. I'm not sure with Mercedes involved, but uh, we are enjoying the trucks. <laughs> Peter, the truck driver, absolutely loving his um, man truck. And, you know, as I was listening, Carol, I suddenly thought, I think in about a month's time, we must have you come back and we'll prepare for it. We'll put the voice note out so that all our truck drivers who listen can participate and get engaged so what do you think the man truck is just perfect or have you got i mean you mentioned that you really like the volvo what about the scania as well um i really think there's a lot of good healthy competition in the trucking business like people look at the the, the cars and like eh, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a. i look at trucks and i'm like man these guys are killing it everybody's just coming forward with the best technology the best innovation even with e-mobility, the competition with electric trucks is mind-blowing. I honestly get super excited talking about this. This guy is talking about one of many driver assist systems that are now available on trucks. Yeah. Like your trucks drive for you. You go off a lane, there's lane assist. It goes back, there's cameras in front, radar sensors that pick up a vehicle. Trucks have cruise control. I mean, why would you not want to cruise in a truck? And it sounds cool. <laughs> It's really trying to cool. So, Keneal, well, we're just about closing off, but we've got a question from Brian, and I think it's a great way to end. He says, as for the car drivers, what are the dangers when it comes to overtaking a truck? Because people just expect a truck to slow down without having a proper knowledge of that truck. What would you say to that? I honestly would say that without taking away from either a truck or a, a car, when you are changing lanes, you just have to be cautious, cautious around everybody around you. I, 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 I always remember something that I heard someone say that as soon as you get into a vehicle, you're not only driving yourself, you're driving all the other four vehicles around you. So a truck is like, like 18 meters long. That's like five trucks in a row, five vehicles in a row. So now you move from operating or being responsible for not only your vehicle, but four vehicles that are surrounding, are surrounding you and possibly 18 meters of one truck, one vehicle crashed into one. So you need to be extra cautious when it comes to that. And please, let's stop being stubborn. Don't compete with truck drivers. You have more to lose than they do. This guy can actually bump you with his tire and you can be written off. And he just needs a new tire. So... Let's just be nice to truck drivers, man. Let's just be nice to truck drivers. Don't compete with a truck driver. 
Keniwe Carol Mukurane, thank you so much for joining us. What a brilliant conversation for the love of trucks. And uh, we look forward to having you on the show again. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Um, have yourself a wonderful day. You too. Nine o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.